Fantasy Inspired Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 58, and today we'll be talking about the collection of shorts that Cartoon Network has put on the internet. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm Hunter. So, um, how about we start with the most famous one, the one that they showed at San Diego Comic-Con, We Are the Crystal Gems. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, that was the biggest bomb drop that we'd had, like, ever. You're referring to the extended yes. intro. I, I actually have a, a note or two here. In the We Are the Crystal Gem cinematic, we learn a lot from this, actually. Like, a lot more than most people give it credit for, because they were, because mostly they are just, ah! Yeah, it does great for the chronology it really of does. the series. Well, of the pre-series. Because just, just on this podcast, we've been wondering and going back and forth with, uh, when did Steven start living with the Crystal Gems? Did he live with Greg before? Like, had he ever lived with Greg? And now we know. Well, I had actually, like, made a theory way back in the day that this was kind of what had happened with Steven. Because, um, from Houseguest, it seemed that Steven actually had lived with Greg before and Greg was missing that. And then also in the early episodes, there was so much hero worship from Steven, like the whole concept of the gems was so novel to him that it could also be assumed that he had only just moved in. And so Mm -hmm. that turned out to be actually pretty spot on. Yeah, I think Ken pointed that out in some of our earlier episodes that... I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I mentioned the hero worship aspect. I don't know about if I don't. I don't know if I mentioned House Guest. Yeah. I, I don't. I think we just sort of. We haven't had an episode on House Guest, have we? Nope. Nope. We started with what was mm-hmm. it on the run? Yep. So you know, a dozen episodes back yeah, a bit. Um, also, something to note: this is this short was storyboarded by four people. It had uh, Floredo, it had Katie Mitroff, and uh, it had my favorite duo, Joe and Jeff. Um, but another thing, something that uh, the fans had noticed that I hadn't noticed before today, actually, uh, that a lot of them were asking about before, was, uh, hey, that small part where they're showing the Homeworld gems, a lot of people pointed out that they could hear Peridot in the background, and they asked, and I think it was Matt Burnett who said, no, it's not Peridot. It's just Steven? Uh, I totally heard Peridot. That's gotta be Peridot. I heard her! I heard it! Well, I mean, Matt Burnett does his best to be an unreliable you can't narrator. Lie to me, so Matt. we never can tell with him. You can't. Well, no, because I remember, I think Zach Callison had made, like, a tweet or an answer to, like, an, uh, an AMA or whatever, that when he was singing this, it was, like, a huge test to his vocal range. It was very difficult for him to sing, so that could explain why, like, it sounded kind of nasally and why it could be interpreted as Peridot. Because, um, when multiple people are singing, it's usually the lower register that's harder to hear, so Zach being male, it would be difficult to hear him, clearly. Um, also something that I, I think I pointed out as soon as this came out, which I said then and, and I'll say now, the part where all the gems are doing their little thing of, uh, I'm fighting for this, I'm fighting for that, and it gets to Steven? I said it before, it sounds a little dark. No, no, what's really dark is Rose behind him. With her eyes all covered? Yes, she looks creepy as all get out. It. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what they're trying to do. They're trying to imply a future thing that, um, like, everyone was sort of just idolizing Rose. And she wasn't all that great, and she was actually there's a reason she was a warlord. And I don't, I don't know. I it, 
it sends a lot of mixed messages because Rose I looks really con- creepy. I can conceive of a world where that was not intended to be a bit sinister, but I think Same. odds are good that the Crewniverse did intend for it to have sinister, you know, an, a sinister understanding. Yeah, because they're very purposeful. It could be a, a callback to earlier in the first season where we never even saw Rose's face. Because in all the background shots, it was like a beam covering it, or we never saw her eyes. But it was, it, it's always its always so elegant. It never looked sinister until this. True. I'm looking at it right now, and it's its very reminiscent of, like, Skeletor. <laughs> as, like, I, I mean, it, look at it. Look at it. It's... And, like, she's holding Steven and her clutches. They're, they're no longer hands. They're clutches. It just... It doesn't feel... And what Steven says, uh, I will fight to be everything that everybody wants me to be when I'm grown. And that's... That also hits me as a little... I, I can see that more so being taken as uh, not meant to be with Sinister Origins. But the way... Like, just the words he says, it just doesn't feel right. You think Steven's gotta do Steven? I think Steven's got to do Steven. Well, I think like all of the gems sort of reasons for fighting are kind of, maybe except for Garnet's are kind of problematic in their own ways. Like none of them are really doing it because like Earth is something worth protecting, which was Rose's original like motive. So Pearl is doing it because Rose wanted it. Garnet's doing it because she can't do it. She can't exist anywhere else. And Amethyst is because she was born here. I yeah I I always felt that amethyst's amethyst reason felt like that they were all together and that well the other two have a reason we got to we got to let amethyst stand on her own and so they just sort of like shoehorned it in without it really meaning much I will know? fight because these guys were the only people recruiting by the time I was born yeah. <laughs> not that the whole world I, gems who died in the rebellion but were grown in the kindergarten really had any other choice I mean yeah well and also call back to like guardians of the galaxy i'm one of the idiots who lives in it yeah like protect the place where you live because that's where you keep your stuff yeah (laughs) i don't know i think i feel a more appropriate one would have been like garnet's is perfect garnet's yeah i I can totally understand everybody cheers for it and it's Um, beautiful it it just is so good pearls i think is a little more complex uh than just fighting i i think fighting i i'm gonna have to disagree with you sophia Pearls Pearls is pretty alright. Yeah, she's got her samurai on. Yeah, like it, it I think it could be a little more complex, but I think to capture it in just that one, I guess, stanza of the song, I think that does it justice enough to fit it into that time frame. Cause you know it's it's a complex relationship of how Pearl really did love Rose, but now that she's gone, what does she have? She has Steven. This is the place where Steven lives. This is the place where Steven calls home. She's doing it more so out of a complex way of she loved Rose and she loves Steven. She does it for her. That is to say, she does it for him. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think I can do it justice, but there you go. That's that's it. Uh, I like the I like the little nod at, um, I think, oh, two things. During the middle when Pearl is singing, the clothesline scene. How did those shirts get on the clothesline? And how do they expect to get them off? Very, yeah, that was one they, thing. One thing that bothered me more about the, the shirts. No, okay. That's efficiency that's right there. If like you're just gonna like hang them all up at once and you only have the rope up for when you're drying the clothes. But my question is, if Greg 
is just giving Steven his old band shirts, why does Steven have an oversized shirt? Like, wouldn't he just, like, wear an extra small? Uh, well, maybe he didn't have any extra smalls. Hmm. I don't know. Also, I like the little, that, there's a sleeveless version. <laughs> uh, is that the one he wore in, um, Strong in the Real Way? He has two sleeveless shirts. Oh, he has two of one, them? One he wore in Beach Party, and it has, like, rims, yellow rims. Okay, and one that's, that has no that's rims, and that's Strong in the Real Way. All right, this one was from Beach, 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 Beach. Party? Beach Party. Beach Party, that's it. Beach Palooza. Beach Palooza. Beach Palooza. say I have to wear clothes this time. <laughs> also, why why does it take three gyms to do the dishes when only two of them eat? Or four, why does it take four people to do the dishes when only two, like one of them eats with like a plate and the other one eats the plate. Uh, eats yes. the plate. I don't, it's cute, but come on. Jeez, come on, sugar. I see what you're doing. Jeez. So, uh, what are gems? Was the first animated short that was the kind of like the classroom gems. There we go. Yeah, the first classroom gems short. Yeah, it was cute. I liked it when it came out. I liked it. I liked Garnet's head with feet. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised the fan base hasn't gone with that because, like, they I, have. Have they? Because I haven't seen. Because I, I kept seeing uh the pearl head with one foot, the yeah, peridot they, with two feet. They do the, but I haven't seen any garnet. They, they toss the garnet, it, the garnet head in there every so often when you have the pearl leg. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna say this for all of the classroom gems. They're mostly stuff we can figure out just by. You know, watching the show and being obsessive fans like we are, but they're still nice to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, in the beginning, when it's kind of saying, like, the classroom gems, there's two voices, maybe three. And I've asked several people about this, but when I listen to it, I'm like, I hear Steven, obviously, and I also hear Amethyst. And that's kind of like a callback to maybe this was a lesson that the Crystal Gems taught Amethyst after she had emerged in, like what the crystal gems were and what fusion was, etc. Mm. I, I hear three voices. I hear three. I hear Steven. Steven's the only one I can recognize, but I do hear three voices. Yeah, some some people I've asked have said maybe Connie as well, and I'd be like, if Connie gets in on these lessons, that's just Ooh! gonna like, warm my heart. I want a cute little chibi Connie. <laughs> I want it. With or without sword? Um, Without sword, with cute sun hat. Okay, sun hat. Yeah. Got it. And also, like a little, I don't know if it's a continuity thing, but in the What Are Gems, uh, Pearl says that as long as the gemstone isn't damaged, when a gem is poof, they can regenerate. But, like, Lapis regenerated when her gem was cracked, so... Hmm. Oh, I mean... That's interesting. Hmm. Maybe it wasn't damaged all that much. Yeah, for one, Lapis is really strong. Two, yeah. she might have meant severely damaged, not slightly damaged. Yeah, and as, as Amethyst said, uh... Things get really weird. <laughs> you know, who knows? You know, we, we've only seen a few gems, and not in very many situations when you think about it. Normally it's in the same kind of situation where they're mostly in control. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I mean, we've seen, uh, we've seen Amethyst get poofed several times, but that's only thanks to one episode. Hmm. I don't know. It's they're cute. Mostly the this water gems though, since it's so basic on the lore, it's most remarkable for stuff like nice mass. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's great. 
It's cute. I like it. Okay, so uh, the next one, if you guys want to move on. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are gems made? <laughs> how are gems made? <laughs> so what, what really irked me about this one that kind of like made me all suspicious, it's only talking about how amethysts are made. Or I guess quartz in general. Well, we don't necessarily have any reason to believe that other gems are created in different fashions, do we? I want Pearl to have literally come out of an oyster. Yep. From the from the Mother of Pearl comic. I want it I want it to be canon. Mother of Pearl! It has to be I want it So but we we just I don't I don't see it at this point. I don't know. I mean, it could be Amethyst was wrong, but that would be really mean pulling a fast one and say, oh yeah, the Crystal Gems are going to let Amethyst give a lesson to Steven about gems, but uh, it turns out she was only talking about quartzes, and we just didn't tell her that that's only how quartzes are made. I can I, I can see that happening. I can see that being the case. Ruby and Sapphire aren't quartzes, and I'm certain they were constructed in a similar fashion. Mm. Pearl's really the only outlier. Well... I mean, I think any of the crystally kind of gems would all certainly be the same way. It's the stuff like the peridots or the lapises or the pearls that may be different. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can see there being the instance where this is only Earth gems that are quartz. Like, well, not just Earth gems, but planets like Earth, because quartz is, uh, isn't it the most abundant crystal on Earth? I think it is. Yeah, and so that that would make sense. All the earth gems being quartz. Uh, that's uh, that's why Peridot was going on and on about the quartz uh, in the kindergarten. Because that's all that was made in that kindergarten. Quartz, because they're on earth. I can imagine uh, different gems being made in different ways, such as pearl being made <laughs> in, an <oysters. laughs> in an oyster. In an oyster! Or, uh, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know how lapis or Peridot is made. What, what is Peridot? Peridot, I should say. Peridot? Yeah. I don't I don't know how those are made. I think the usual trivia is that they're mostly found in meteors, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That that's why she's from space. I mean, obviously they, they don't they're not created in the meteor, but you know, they're brought to Earth from somewhere else usually. Who knows? But like Stephen did ask if gems were ever babies, and I think that it does make sense that they weren't, like, they never grew up, but, like, did they come out fully developed? Like, did they know how to speak? Did they know, like, did they have a sort of base knowledge, or was it supposed to be taught to them? I would assume that they need to be taught, because Amethyst knows nothing about being a gem. Now, she is defective, though, so Mm -hmm. we can't be too sure about this generalization but that's that's interesting i think it's more likely that they all have to be taught we do know though that they don't grow exactly yeah they don't grow like physically because peridot was talking about you know she she already knows that amethyst is deformed because she wasn't cooked properly but she also said you came out late and it was here it was empty here that's why you don't know what you're supposed to be like so I'm assuming that they all have to be taught, even if they're yeah. fully cooked. Also, the fact that Amethyst, uh, what, what is she, 6,000 years old? She's like 4,000. 4, oh, okay, 4,000 years old, and she still fits exactly into her hole. So yeah, she hasn't done growing physically. But also, in um, 
sworn to the sword, Pearl had said something along the lines of, I was only a few thousand years old. Because she was um, pointing out that Connie was very young. Too young for sword fighting. But then she's like, oh, I was pretty young too. And so that like could be a throwaway. Or like mm-hmm. gems do kind of grow up. So I don't know. Yeah, that's really confusing. Because if you have gems that are grown specifically to be soldiers, I mean, doesn't matter if they're five or 5,000. I mean, they're a soldier. They got the muscles, and presumably it doesn't take 5,000 years to teach somebody how to be a good soldier if their mind comes out fully formed. Hmm. So that is a kind of confusing line when you're thinking about it that way. Yes. And uh, one last thing I'd want to add is uh, Pearl's little rant at the end uh, where she's like trying to apologize for the gem. <laughs> that just, really yeah. struck home. Garnet just walks off with her. I remember the return, and Greg's like, all they try and do is make up for it. Uh, that Like, they can't forgive hmm. themselves, and I'm like, oh. And here's Pearl, the uh, embodiment of neuroticism on this show. <laughs> yep, that that might be the uh, the little hidden reason as to, to why they're still here, and to why they've, like, stuck around and tried to help humanity, of just, they're just making up for what they did. <sighs> I wonder how how big the kindergarten is. In the, it's pretty big. In the first half of the first season, you know, before we had Lapis to tell us anything else about the Crystal Gems, I, I just made the assumption that they were the cleanup crew, you know, kind of left over after the apocalypse. I didn't realize how much of a hand they had in that apocalypse. I thought it was just the name of their little team. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I thought much of it at the beginning. I didn't think much of anything. In the before times. <laughs> before the Jaspering. I, actually, yeah. <laughs> actually, yes. So the next one is um the fusion one. Chibi Opal. Oh, it's the, the best. Yeah, I mean, it's between Chibi Opal, Opal and, you know, very sad, you know, apologizing Pearl that are the highlights of the of the shorts. Very cute. I think um, Ruby definitely looked a little weird as a chibi. Oh, yeah. I think I think the Ruby and Sapphire both looked like halfway done. Well, no, now that I'm looking at it, Ruby looks halfway done. Yeah, Sapphire's like pretty normal, but Ruby looks a little little weird. (laughs) Ruby looks friggin' doofy. Looks like Sonic. (laughs) I see that. I see that. Little tiny Afro Sonic. Uh, also, I really, I really like the music in this one. The music in this, in this short was jamming, and I haven't been able to find it. I never noticed it. Well, give it, give it a notice. Okay, I, I was just finding it funny that they said that the height of the fusers is combined when we know it's not that simple. Yeah, it's... Mm, Garnet. You're supposed to know this. Yeah, I mean, you know, Garnet's about as tall as Ruby and Sapphire. So, you know, for her, that holds true. But for Malachite, it's obviously not true. For Sugalite, it's obviously Mm -hmm. not true. Alexandrite is much taller than the the crystal gems combined. Maybe with Alexandrite, it's like multiplied or squared. Well, Sardonyx is also quite a bit taller than Garnet combined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she's articulated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Sardonyx should be taller than Sugalite if it was just a matter of combining their heights. 
Hmm. But I miss sardonics. I assume that a gem's mass has to do is is correlated to their power. Usually, lapis is a strange outlier here. But if you compare, you know, sardonics and garnet and opal, and but then you look at what happens when you put garnet and amethyst together, amethyst with the strength of a quartz, and you get the massive uh, sugalite. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like. When Amethyst gets into fusions, like, it's almost as if she can project that she is fully cooked. Hmm, that's or interesting. properly cooked. That's, that's an interesting way to, way to see it. I hadn't thought about that before. Because, yeah, all of Amethyst's fusions are pretty tall. I mean, it's just maybe one day Amethyst will poof and she will come back fully baked. Now that she knows how big and strong she's supposed to be, she will put in the time to unlock that power in her gem. I mean, it's there, she's just never applied it. Someone brought up this uh, observation that Amethyst had been shape-shifting a lot less since Reformed because she'd been more comfortable with, like, who she is. Oh, that's cute. And someone brought up the idea that after Too Far and that, like, confrontation with Peridot, she'll start shape-shifting again. I mean, yeah, she's already got experience with the purple puma form, which is pretty darn close, I think, to, I mean, maybe a bit hairier. Yeah. (laughs) Just a bit. So, I mean, if you just hand purple puma a razor, I mean, she's already pretty much there. And, uh, little thing for the fusion video, in that, in that short, we saw three things that we have never seen in the short, in, in the show, uh, Garnet purposefully unfusing opal's uh dance opal and alexandrite's fusion dance and so those those little things we've never seen them actually happen in the show i thought it was interesting they said that the best reason to fuse is for love and then to demonstrate that they form alexandrite yeah i got that little powerpuff girl heart going on oh i i loved the just just like (laughs) garnet with the hand heart alexander had the hand heart but in the guidebook to the Crystal Gems, yeah, they make it sound like Alexandrite is a war machine, you know. Like, Peridot thinks Garnet is a war machine, but that's all Alexandrite is. I got like a, a little thought when going back to the best reason to fuse is for love. And that's interesting because throughout the whole show, it was really just Pearl saying we only fuse in dire situations. And that's kind of like going back the fusions are for fighting. And Pearl says that because she still kind of has that old homeworld view that fusion is kind of a tool. Yeah, but we've brought this up before because everybody's like, Pearl, why are, why are you lying? You, you formed Alexandrite for, uh, for a dinner. You know, just for to go to dinner. dinner. But it's like, well, she's talking specifically about Opal. She could have just been saying we as in Amethyst and I. It could have. It didn't necessarily have to be yeah. gems. I can see that because her and Amethyst don't normally get, get along. <laughs> the odd couple for sure. So after the fusion video is the Wacky Sack Hot Dog Duffel Bag unboxing video. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen is bizarrely dedicated to unboxing videos. I mean, for him to forego a mission just so he can film his video then rather than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. I I wanna I wanna point something out of uh when when Jamie is doing his thing like can I can I get a copy of this for my reel I totally know that feeling 
I've had that exact moment like a week ago. I mean, so I don't know. Did did Ronaldo teach Steven how to edit videos or something? Because, you know. Yeah, he was going crazy with the star effect. Like, No, but you think that he would have done a, done, a, done a second take of the delivery and, you know, maybe cut out the, you know, asking for the real part. I'm just saying Steven does very minimalistic editing on this. I think he just really liked those first shots. Maybe he wants it to seem genuine. It was so real. He he didn't edit it because he loved them so yeah, much. Yeah, his fakeness is so real. Yep, that's... Very authentic fakery right there. <laughs> Steven's actually a master faker. Master Roosman. Acting. Acting. Oh, boy. <laughs> Three pockets, because sometimes you need more than two. <laughs> my, my favorite joke in this little short was uh, seven metric bratwursts. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, I love that. For those of you, oh god, that was that was cute. <laughs> oh, Stephen, where did where did Stephen get bratwurst and figure out how many hot dogs it took to make a bratwurst? That sounds like something Greg would have taught him. Greg has yeah. lot. Greg's very experienced with the ways of the world. I mean, he he knows he knows fine food wherever he travels. Yep. You look at Greg and you think that is a man who knows sausage. Hey, I mean. <laughs> Remember the remember the comics, the hot dog eating contest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, there's no such thing also, as a bad dog. Only bad chefs. Yep. Uh, I'd like to. God. Good one, GC. I mean, so apparently we see the demise of the slinker in the hot dog double oh, back undo- I was gonna. I, I was gonna mention that the slinker. That that's totally the slinker, right? Yep. That is. But it has okay. to be. It, has um, to be. it came out of the temple. The temple door. It, it came out the temple door. Uh-huh. Well, glad to see that thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get to see it in an episode, but at least they didn't leave us hanging. Yeah, I really wanted, like, a an Indiana Jones-esque adventure through the <laughs> Temple of Jim. I mean, it was uh, good and reformed, seeing all of that, just all of that rock that they had, but we haven't seen very many actual locations yet. Mm-hmm. Because in... Together Breakfast, and in Secret Team, we revisited the same few spots. And then in Reformed, we get to see that there's just land that Ambithus refers to as nature. You know, just just empty. Nature. And that's it. I want to know what the Crystal Heart's for. I mean, like, how does it do its powering? I assume it powers the temple, but... Yes. Also, I have a question. Uh... Is that technically Garnet's room? Or have we ever seen Garnet's room? Because I don't remember it. It's They call it the basement, not Garnet's room. Okay, cause, so then we've never seen Garnet's room. We've never seen anything or, that they call ooh, Garnet's room, I mean, but... Ooh, does, does it, like, not work as Garnet's... Does it, like... Does Ruby and Sapphire each have their own room? Maybe. And, I mean, it depends. I don't hmm. know. They might have spaces, but they might never have customized them since they're never apart. Yeah. Or were they apart when they first uh, came to Earth, and then they got together once they were... Ooh. Three very long stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was, like, a couple who moved in, and they had their own kind of little separate places, but they started kind of visiting so much, like, all their stuff got mixed between them. Like, how, you, how your records will always well, get know. mixed, stuff like yep. that. I, al- I always leave my plasma cannons, you know, behind when I make a visit. It's it's mm-hmm. very annoying. Yep. I never know and where then, to find my plasma you know, cannons. 
they they start losing each other's stuff. They start exchanging some words, you know. Invite them. One Ruby invites Sapphire out to spaghetti, and bam, hot gym action. Bam, like right out of the blue. I was um. I wonder if Steven will have a YouTube channel, like Ronaldo has a has a Tumblr. Ooh, I'd love it. I want it. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be so meta. But we all know oh, that Steven's cute. posting this stuff on TubeTube and not on YouTube. Oh, yeah, on TubeTube. Well, yeah, and Ronaldo, it's just like a generic blog, but... I mean, I, I guess Tumblr is the closest analog we, you know, encumbered yokels can come up with, so... I guess they mirror, you know, Keep Beach City Weird onto Tumblr, or at least they used to. Hmm. I miss I miss Keep Peach City Weird. I do. Well, is what, have what they happened not been to updating it? It's, it's no updates. Oh man, since when? Well, let's take a look here. Keep Peach mm-hmm. City Weird was last updated on July thirteenth for. Oh come on! For Cry for help. This feels kind of baloney. Yeah. Well, it's also because we've gotten very few episodes that could have involved Ronaldo, because it's supposed to be updating real-time with the show. He could have mentioned his lecture in Sadie's song, at the very least. True. Mm-hmm. Very. That was a oh, golden yeah. opportunity, and I think the fact that they missed it means that they're just done with it. I, I assume Mr. Oh. Jones Cordy was the one who was responsible for updating it, and now that he's working on, you know, heading up the Lakewood Plaza Turbo team instead of helping out with Steven that we're probably done unless they can find someone else to take over the account. I hope they do. Mm-hmm. I, I hope they do. Well, Ian's Joe um, Cordy left the Crooniverse a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, he's working on his own show. Yeah, which it, it, I, it's been coming a lot. It's, it's, not, it's not bad. If you haven't seen the... What did they have out for it? What's it, it called? It was a pilot. Yeah, it was a, if you haven't seen the pilot, it's pretty alright. It looks pretty good. I, I, like I said, I love the concept. It, it's the same thing where you have all this magical stuff and they, they make it mundane. Just like Steven. Anyway, we got one more video. Uh, it's, it's a very small 15 second video. Uh, probably my favorite of uh, Lion just messing well, around with boxes. The, they had the longer one, but it wasn't in English. Not that there was uh, much what? dialogue. The Swedish version. The Swedish version. It's a good short, though. It's <laughs> it's just Lion being adorable. It's just, like, it, there's no content. It's just Lion messing around with boxes. I, no, because I liked in the lo- the longer version when... He slides um, into the box. He slides into Amethyst. Oh, that's cute. And smashes her against the temple door. And I'm like, that that's adorable because she, like, squished. <laughs> oh, that's cute. It was very uh, cute. Lion... Golly, Lion, just so darn adorable. And there's also, like, a direct continuity to Wacky Sacks, because in the Wacky Sack video, Lion mm-hmm. was messing with it, and then it seems as if the Lion short was filmed directly afterwards, because yeah. you have the box in the same place and Lion messing with yep, it. Yep. I think I think after Steven saw that, he realized he had internet gold, and he just went <laughs> to go get a bunch of more boxes. Mm-hmm. Wacky Sacks, he's going to keep them in business personally. Mm-hmm. And then Animal Control sends over a team because a 12-year-old boy is in custody of a, a lion. And what are they, they going to do about it? Yeah, what are they going to do? <laughs> lion don't want to leave. He's, he's a lion. What are you going to do? <laughs> Tell him go? Yeah, well, who, who, does, who does the pink lion live with? Anyone he wants. Yep, yep. 
You can't. You you can't. You can't tell. I mean, Pink Lion. Garnet doesn't even have to get involved. <laughs> she's she's like, I'm not getting in there. Yep. Like uh, one. It's a lion. Two. Please see one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I you, you got tranquilizers, and he's got portals. True. So I mean, anything else to say other than lion is really cute when he's acting like a cat? Um. Oh, uh, I finally wrote it down this week. Uh, I've been meaning to mention this. Uh, our beginning and end theme, as you would probably know if you listened to the very end of it, uh, is done by a man named James Roach, and he has a Patreon. And he, we sort of just asked him if we could use the theme, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And uh, so he's just been using it. But you know, it'd be cool if uh, any of you guys would like to go support him on his Patreon because he does really good work. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel, James Roach. Uh, you can just look him up on YouTube. He does a lot of uh, little, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, chiptune! Chiptune music! That's the, yeah. <sighs> Dang it, it's, I was looking for that specific word. But yeah, he does a lot of cool little chiptune things. He has one of Giant Woman. He has one of Be Wherever You Are. And he has a whole lot of ones from uh, other franchises. He has some... I think lately he's been putting out some Undertale stuff. Well, guys, we will see you next week where we will probably be talking about the music of Steven Universe. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm Hunter. Later, kiddos. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.